It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. And today's show, a little different, and every time I say a little different, it means we take a break early and then we have two different guests, kind of some longer segments there. So first off, we're going to be joined by Joe Dunn. He is the color analyst for the Akron Zips broadcast. We talk about, um, obviously, the season opener. Some of you answered that Akron versus Auburn was the, the game you were most excited about on Auburn's schedule because it was a season opener. I don't believe you, but here we are. Uh, but yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk with him. I think he said some pretty interesting stuff, kind of gave us some insight there. They're coming down to win. Hey, props to him. Props to him. Um, and then the final segment, we're going to talk with Brett Smith. He's a local attorney. He is my co-host for the first hour of uh, my morning show in Auburn Oplega this morning. Then Lindsay comes in for the second two hours, but... You know, with all of this stuff happening with the Supreme Court making the rulings on the NCAA and pay-to-play and name, name, image, and likeness and all of that, they had a ruling earlier this week. Charlie Five and I almost talked about it on yesterday's show, but we just kind of decided there's other stuff going on. Let's talk about that. I wanted to get somebody in who's passed the bar. <laughs> I wanted to get their thoughts on it. So uh, I, I didn't want to say anything that was incorrect, and, and he did a lot of, you know, Checking and double-checking, making sure everything was, was correct and all that. So, uh, yeah, legal chatter about college football at the end of today's show. But first things first, today's show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action there at BetOnline.ag, as well as, uh, well, I mean, we got we got playoff basketball, playoff hockey, pretty much all the sports I don't really watch that much are in are in season, but man, uh, you know, placing wagers on betonline.ag makes it, uh, makes it easier. And Hey, there's boxing this weekend. If you're into that Davis versus Berrios, they fight in Atlanta on uh, on Saturday night. So if you're into that, it's probably a fight I'll buy and then I will hate myself for it afterwards, but I love boxing. It is what it is. So yeah, be sure to check all that out. BetOnline.ag and uh, use promo code Locked On to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June thirty, get zero percent APR for eighty-four months, or up to thirty-three hundred dollars off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Joining us now here on Locked on Auburn, Joe Dunn. He is the color analyst for the Akron football broadcast. Joe, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you? 
doing well. Looking forward to football and getting back to uh, a normal football season like everybody else. I know it, man. You know, if folks down here are just chomping at the bit, they can't wait for, for your Akron Zips to come into town because that will mean football will be back and uh, folks can't wait. I mean, what do you guys, I'm sure you guys are talking about this matchup just because it's, it's the first one. Uh, what's the level of excitement for you guys to come down to the Plains? Well, it's always exciting to play a five or five team. We also have Ohio State on the schedule. Wow. Uh, we played a number of big teams, of course, power five teams in the past. When Terry Bowden was here as a head coach, he did very well against the power fives. Uh, he beat Pitt at Pitt. He beat Northwestern at Northwestern. Uh, beat Utah State in a bowl game and came down to the final play to knocking off Michigan up at the big house. So he had some success, and hopefully uh, Tom Arth now in his third season can duplicate that. So what are the goals for an Akron team? I mean, are are they coming down thinking, hey, this is Brian Harson, you know, the new head coach for Auburn. This is his first game. Are they going to try to catch him when, you know, maybe maybe he's focused on other things? I mean, there's a million things to do when you take over a new football program. What's the mindset for Akron? Well, anytime you play a game, you, uh, you want to go down and try and win. Yeah. And most of the major upsets in college football – I think happened in the first couple of weeks when teams aren't expecting uh, some things and maybe a few surprises, momentum can shift. So, yeah, the Zips are excited about going down there. And as always, you go down and try and win a football game. So looking at Akron's stats from last year, and I'm I'm kind of weary to do that as, you know, you start to get in yeah. this offseason mode where it's like, okay, you're looking at all these stats and they look super different from team to team based on the conference that they were in and how many games they played. And it's like a lot of teams I think were going to be good this year that were bad last year just because the way they prepped for COVID was weird. And, you know, maybe some teams adapted better than others, but that's irrelevant now. But Akron last year, they didn't win a whole lot of games. Does that matter this year? I mean, what's the carryover to that look like? Well, they did win their first game in Tom Arf's uh, tenure as head football coach. They were 1-5 and last year. The Mid-American Conference, was late to start the season. We weren't even sure we were going to have a Mid-American Conference season. Yeah. They didn't win one game. They beat Bowling Green 31-3, to and right. that was a big game for Coach Arthur and his team. They're a young team. I think they had one of the youngest teams in Division One football. They started four true freshmen in the offensive line, so it was kind of a learning experience last year, and I think they'll be much better, much improved this year, but uh, they got a long way to go for sure. Yeah, that offensive line is interesting because Akron's going to start – Four, I guess they're still freshmen based on you know these weird eligibility right. rules now. Four second-year freshmen and a, a senior center. Is that right? That's right. They're, they're, yeah, the offensive line, as you uh, stated, very, very young, but they all are together. They, they have a chance to be four-year starters, but uh, they've got the long way to go. Xavier Gray, 6'9", 315, uh, very impressive. Owen Murphy came from the same high school as Coach Arth up in Cleveland, Ignatius. Uh, Jordan Daniels, big kid also. So they have the size. They've got experience uh, all starting last year, but uh, they've got a long way to go, especially against a good defense like Auburn has. The running back for Akron, I mean, he, he's pretty talented, but is he still in legal trouble? Has that been resolved? Where where does that stand? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll be back in play. Okay. Uh, you're right. He did have some uh, problems and Keon Dollard is special. I think he'll be one of the better running backs in the Mid-American Conference, junior college kid. Uh, really combination of speed and power. Had some really good games last year. 
he will be the number one guy, but they've got more depth this year. Uh, Anthony Williams, a transfer from Michigan State, was really impressive in the spring. They've got a big uh, redshirt freshman, John Zell Norrell's about 215. An interesting guy is Cole Guest, who transferred from Indiana, had some injury problems last year, but he was a great high school player in Northeastern Ohio. So they do have some depth, quality depth in the backfield. Talking about Akron's defense, because I think if Akron were to pull, you know, the, the week one upset in college football, I think their defense is going to have to have a day. And I think that's kind of where oh, Auburn yeah. is vulnerable because of their offense or, you know, they're changing so much on the offensive side of the ball. What is the, what is the front seven look like for Akron well, going into the year? Yeah, it's going to be young, but it, just in the last uh, couple of weeks, they picked up a couple impressive transfers. Curtis Fan, who was probably recruited by Auburn, he's recruited by everybody. He transferred in from Florida State. Okay. He'll be uh, he'll be there. They also got a junior college uh, player, Ryan Johnson, who they're excited about. Uh, another junior college kid, S. L. McCall, uh, was recruited by a lot of people. He was really impressive in the spring. They got a lot of people back on defense. The key, though, the leader of that defense is a young guy named Bubba Arcelanian. You'll uh, you'll notice him right away. He's undersized, but he's just a true. A uh, tough football player at about 5'10", 215. He's all over the place. Your fans will enjoy watching him play. And sure. another Michigan State transfer, just that linebacker. So the defense, uh, boy, they gave up a lot of points last year, but coaches think they're going to be better. they got some uh, quality athletes in there right now. We'll see how much better uh, when they go down to Auburn, though. Sure, absolutely. And as far as you know, corners and, corners and safeties, pass coverage, what kind of what kind of covers do you expect to see? I mean, are they going to be close in the line of scrimmage, jamming guys? Do they typically play off? Are they playing more man or zone? I mean, what kind of scheme should we expect yeah. from Akron? Well, they, yeah, their corners played off the ball a lot last year, and I commented about that on the radio. Uh, later in the year, uh, they, when they got some experience, they came up and played the wideouts a little bit closer and played man-to-man. They will play some zone. They have some experience in the secondary. Uh, they've got some good kids coming in, recruits, but you've get, got a lot of learning uh, to do when you come in from high school to the secondary. But they've got some good quality guys back there and should be better. But, uh, again, uh, they gave up a lot of big points last year, a lot of big plays. Sure. How do you think Akron's going to prep for Auburn? Because they're, they're literally going to be the first team to see the, the new-look Auburn Tigers, you know, transitioning from Gus to, to Harson. It, right. it is, does that add things? Does it make it easier because they just look at Boise State stuff? I mean, how do you think that goes down? Well, I've talked to a lot of coaches that went into maybe a first game against a new coach, and they do look at those Boise State tapes. They want to see what he likes to do offensively, what kind of defense he likes to run. But really, the coaches uh, make their make their money in that first game kind of coaching on the run because maybe they'll see some things they're not expecting. They'll have to make a lot of adjustments from the press box down to the field. So it's going to be interesting to see how they react to that. But I'm sure they'll pull a few surprises also that maybe Auburn's not expecting. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I look forward to to every single bit of that. Jay, man, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on for a few minutes. I, I really, really appreciate it. How can folks, uh, how can folks find uh, everything that you do, Joe? Well, we're a, uh, we do a uh, podcast called Big Time Sports Today, which you can find on the internet, Big Time Sports, here in Northeastern Ohio. We do all the uh, high school games 
here in the area. I'm about 15 minutes away from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm actually south of Akron, uh, between Akron and uh, Canton. So we do a lot of the high school games here. We do all the uh, Akron games. I host the TV shows for the Zips football and basketball. So they can find us on BigTimeSports.com. That's awesome. Yeah, went to the the NFL Hall of Fame about a year right. or so ago when uh, we were up visiting my wife's family, and it was one of the cooler things I've done. I absolutely loved going through there and watching the history of the game and all that. So if I lived that close oh, to there, yeah. I, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> well, they're doing a lot of construction over there, so the next time they come up, uh, there'd be a lot of new buildings and a lot of different things going on, I'm sure. Cool, cool. Joe Dunn, thank you so much, brother. You're welcome. We'll see you down in Auburn in early September. Great stuff from Joe. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Today's show brought to you by rockauto.com. There's a tons of places, a tons, <laughs> a ton of places to buy um, you know, auto parts for your, your car, truck, SUV, whatever it is, whether it's your daily driver, your classic car that you kind of keep, you know, real pretty in your garage and you just kind of work on it from time to time. There's a ton of places to buy all these, but rockauto.com is the best and it's the easiest to navigate and you don't have to leave your house for it. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Also, go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's show also brought to you by the best-tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar, I mentioned this on the podcast yesterday, but we are restocked. We are reloaded with Built Bars. We got the salted caramel flavor. It's one of the lower calorie bars, and it tastes delicious. Tastes just like a candy bar, and uh, you wouldn't believe it when you look at the label. It's like real ingredients and very high protein, very low calories, and it is absolutely delicious. I also ordered uh, a pouch of their... um, the Built Boost, which is great. Wife ordered us a Peloton. <laughs> so I've, I've needed to sip on that to get through those workouts. But Built Bar um, has really helped me kind of focus on fitness again. And it's been awesome. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at, uh, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Joining us now... Brett Smith, who is a very dear friend of mine. Uh, Brett, you you uh, are one of my co-hosts on Auburn Opelika this morning, as well as a, a local uh, elected official, but uh, you're a lawyer, and that's why I wanted to have you on today to talk about all this legal jargon that's happening with the Supreme Court and the NCAA. Uh, besides that, I don't, I don't want to get past... I don't want to get past the point that you just call me a dear friend. I think that's the most important part of that title. So I appreciate that. You're a sweetheart. It's a big step in our relationship. Um, for sure. For sure. All right. So the news broke earlier this week, right, that yeah. um, that the Supreme Court is against the NCAA and against what they were doing. So kind of take us through what this lawsuit meant and kind of the, the history of it. Because you brought up something to me. I didn't realize that this has been going on for like seven years. I didn't realize that. Yeah, as they say, the, the wheels of justice turn very, very slow, especially if you're going all the way up to the Supreme Court. So this is looking at like a seven-year situation. Okay. I've been working. The lawsuit started out of California. Uh, former athletes, um, basketball and football players, Division One players, sued the NCAA and said, hey, wait a minute. I don't think it's fair. I think you're violating uh, antitrust laws. I can kind of delve into that in a minute. Antitrust laws by regulating 
our scholarship accepted, our ability to get scholarships, and our compensation. Compensation kind of breaking into two points, which would become important. One is education-related compensation, and the second being non-education-related compensation. And they said, you can't do that. That's mm-hmm. what they sued about. They said, well, court, we need some relief. Uh, we believe the NCAA is violating antitrust laws. Antitrust laws uh, are prehistoric. They're old. They're old laws that basically were created in 1800s and 1900s, early 20s, basically to minimize these companies rising up and basically controlling an entire market, okay, mm-hmm. and, and, and setting prices and, and eliminating competition. The idea is to create – a good marketplace for the consumer. Okay. And so that's where the players said, you're violating the law. And so um, the district court, the lowest court, agreed in part. Uh, they agreed that the NCAA should not regulate education-related compensation. They didn't want to touch the non-education-related. They said, meh. We don't want to get it to the outside. That's too far for us right now. Did they define what education-related compensation is? Uh, you're looking at things like, um, I mean, you can go from receipt of book scholarships and uh, laptops and, and housing and meal plans meal plans, and, and also even as far as like, hey, you can't work, so here's, some, here's a stipend. Here's a uh, got it, you know, and, and that's I'm going to put. You can't see the air quotes, but that's here's a stipend for what we think your value would be if you were working. Okay, kind of deal, um, which is going to create some interesting areas in the future as we get into this. But I think that's kind of the world you're looking at. As long as it can be shoehorned in for an educational purpose, uh, the lower court, district court, uh, said the NCAA is unfairly regulating that. That right. they are violating antitrust laws. Um, that then went to the Ninth Circuit. Uh, the Ninth Circuit agreed. Uh, the NCAA, of course, didn't take that uh, sitting down, so they went to the Supreme Court. And that's what we got this week was a ruling uh, spearheaded by Gorsuch, Justice Gorsuch, Gorsuch um, basically saying that they agree, uh, that they agree that the um, they they agree that they don't want to touch things that are unrelated to education, but they do agree that the um, NCAA is violating antitrust laws by regulating those education uh, compensation issues. And so all the justices agreed. It was a unanimous thing. Yeah, that's a big deal. That is a right? big deal. Right, because if you look at who's, you know, they, we get into this debate over who, what president, what senate, who put who up on the Supreme Court, and there's differing uh, legal philosophies. But in this situation, everybody was unanimous. Right, everyone is against the NCAA. Yeah, and I think Kind of symbolic, really. <laughs> yeah, it's a uniform approach to the country, probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what does that mean? What does it mean now? What's the next step for all of this? Is what they're doing starting on July 1st with the name, image, and likeness, is that enough? Or what else needs to happen here? Well, I, I mean, I think that's going to be left up to the how, how this ruling needs to, it will be interpreted. And I, I assume, because you, if you look at the main opinion, but then there was also a concurring opinion by Justice Kavanaugh, who went even further. He basically shouted from the, the mountaintop, Hey, I may want to take a look at some of this unrelated education compensation as well. He said, "May I don't think that this may go far and farther far enough. That I think that uh, uh, amateur athletics or collegiate athletics may need to receive compensation that's beyond the definition of education related. Mm-hmm. Um, which is when you're looking at that for litigants, for future litigants, for lawyers and folks like that, they're saying, "Hey, I've got an open door here, a pathway that I may can get relief uh, beyond what this ruling is." 
but I think in hindsight or now going forward, we're going to start looking at what, I mean, the door has been open now for an increase in compensation. And mm-hmm. so what that means to the individual institutions, what that means as their relationship with boosters, um, what are going to be the the boundaries? Because you know the NCAA is not going to – they're going to want to set boundaries on that, continue to set boundaries. For sure. And so the next question is, are the bound, the next step of boundaries, will that be in violation of the law? Um, I, there's, there's just it, – it's – I mean, and if you as you read the opinion, I think it's 41 pages plus – you know, is that what you printed out? No. Is that what you brought in? No, I actually brought notes today. You know, yeah. I've got just the beginning, just the syllabus. That's the first four pages. Sure. The rest of it is. Well, I appreciate you bringing the syllabus in. I don't understand like every third word, but I mean that's fine. You know, don't get paid to be a Supreme Court justice yet. Uh huh. Right. Um, baby steps. Yeah, <laughs> it's baby steps. Uh, but you know, it's so. Uh, I'm sorry, Brett. So, no. so what happens if they deem like what the NCA is currently doing? Is illegal or moving forward if it's illegal? Does then d- does it ever go away? Will they just have to drastically change what they're doing? I mean, what's the long term implications of this for the NCAA? Well, I think the the long term implications is the policy they have in place is is invalid. It's illegal. It's not it's not allowed under our laws, specifically so, our antitrust laws. So, what happens if they're like, okay, well, we're not going to change anything. We're just going to keep doing this until somebody slaps our hand really hard and makes us do this. Then what happens? Well, they're in contempt of court. They ultimately would be in violation of the law and and would would be exposed to uh, ample amounts and damages uh, and liability and other litigation. You, you just don't say. You don't just ignore the Supreme Court. I mean, that's like, <laughs> right. I mean, you can, I guess. You got the freedom to do that, but they're going to be with all, with the freedom comes consequences. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they would not, uh, I, I would, I would anticipate that the NCAA does not want to lose the authority and the monopoly um, that it holds over collegiate athletics and the money, the income. And so they're going to try to find, walk a, a, uh, a very thin line uh, to upholding the terms of this order and living within this order, but also holding their authority. They're not going to give over their authority easily. So you mentioned the laws in regards to you don't want one company having control of the marketplace. The NCA will always have that, right? Because there's not ever going to be another version of college football. Well, and it depends on how they, you know, if you look at their argument, which the courts turned down, they say, well, we're not really a monopoly. You know, we, we're not really, you know, we don't, we're not violating antitrust because we're a conglomerate. We're a joint venture with every unique mm-hmm. institution. And the court ultimately said, no, we don't. Even if we consider you a joint venture, that you still are setting, you're setting price limitations or you're setting amounts, uh, compensation amounts that mean that there's not for these athletes they don't have the ability to compete on the same level in other markets. So how do you get around that? Because I mean, you're you're not going to have college football one and college football two unless you break into conferences and this whole separate conference thing really becomes like a, an actual idea. Well, that would be ultimately unless unless there was a sister to the NCAA or some other association that regulated that but that's not going to happen ultimately the ncaa is going to continue to we're going to we're, we're moving into a world like you said the name and license or name and likeness yep um the license compensation for use of images and all of that good stuff all of this obviously starting from when they didn't renew ncaa football 2014 i, I really think that's the catalyst right if we had a 15 likely none of this would have occurred 
I mean, NCAA 14 is probably one of the most played video games of all time just because people just kept updating the roster. People still play that game. Well, and people, I, you know, I, I think a solid argument, uh, I think it's got a good legal foundation, is that NCAA 2014 beats the entire Madden franchise. Uh, I agree. As, as a pro football fan over a college football <laughs> fan, I agree with you. I think the options and, and all that, I mean, Back when, when they were releasing NCAAs and Maddens every year, it's like people are like, oh, it's the same thing. Like, no, it's really not. The recruiting and all that is so fun. It's so fun. But all right, anyway, all right, I, I'm, <laughs> as an aside, I'm 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 so dumb to all of this legal stuff. Is there a question I need to be asking you that you like about a point that you're excited to be talking about? I just don't know what to ask. No, I think that that's been it's the it's the it's been this coming storm. This is just some meat on the bones now from that storm. In this idea that you've got the you've got the evil villain in the story, right? That's the NCAA. Mark Emmert, yeah, yeah. You've got these all of these stories of schools like this this enforcement, this uh, lackadaisical enforcement or rigid enforcement, and no real idea of why, right? And you've got kind of this treatment, and, and I don't know. You want to go so far as maybe like the a mafia type treatment, where it's like you got to buy the the fire insurance. Uh, from the NCAA, because if you don't, you don't want your house burning down, kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like you've got to, and and so there's been this coming storm, especially with the amount of revenue generated from college football and college basketball, um, and you've got athletes who see that and they're like, I mean, we're you know even in our local market, Auburn University still sells Cam Newton jerseys. Doesn't say Newton on the back, right? But it's got the number two. You know, Auburn with a two on it, right? And so you know they're getting value off of the fact that Cam Newton played at the university, um, and they're still getting money from that licensing, from that fee. There's still there's still money they're getting from the use of Cam Newton's likeness and his attributes, and so that it's just, it's just one piece of that storm. And so this court said, yeah, uh, we think you're you shouldn't you're unfairly that schools should have the ability to set their education-related compensation for their athletes. And so now it's going to be up to the individual institutions. It's going to be up for uh, the NCAA to interpret this, their lawyers, their legal team. I'm sure they've got fantastic lawyers. Um, they haven't hired Huff Smith Law yet. I don't know why, but it's fine. I don't know that I would want to – I don't know that I'd represent the empire here. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to hire uh, Huff Smith Law, you can go to HuffSmithLaw.com. <laughs> And nice uh, and reach out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I guess my last question for you, unless this leads to something else. You, you mentioned Justice Kavanaugh came out and, and said he'd like to hear other, you know, other issues pertaining to all of this. If that happens, will it be another seven years before that makes it in front of his desk? It's it all. It could be it could be less. It could be more. It, it's going it, to what it requires is it, 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 it's. The cons- I love that. It could be less or more. Yeah, like, right. That's thanks, a Brett. great. Appreciate that. Cup is half full and half Your empty. honor. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, that is really the answer. But it, it ultimately, the justices don't sit around and look for things to pontificate on and write opinions on. They have to have it. Has to be procedurally come to them from the lower courts. So it's got to it's got to start somewhere. Someone's got to sue somebody. That case has got to have merit. It's got to have proper procedure. There's got to be a finding. That's got to be appealed, and then that's got to be appealed. I mean, it's. It's a it's a lengthy lengthy process. Um, most often, if you watch a TV show about courts and lawyers, uh, those are exactly correct all the time. Oh, for but, sure. But they're not right. Um, but it just it it's slow. Just like CSI, just like um, the medical shows, they're all one hundred percent accurate all the time. 
Um, exactly. But and I and I'll tell you this. Look, so so like I said, Kavanaugh wrote it to, to go beyond what this what this ruling held. Kavanaugh, uh, Justice Kavanaugh, joined the opinion, but he wrote a concurring opinion where he said, "Look, uh, all those these." Although those restrictions were not before the court in this case, the the non-education related compensation, uh, money's really established a framework for future challenges to the restrictions it wrote. There are serious questions about whether those rules can pass mustard under that framework. Basically, saying we didn't go far enough, in my opinion. And so, I would anticipate that the NCAA is going to want to hold their cash cow, and that they're going to try to strike a balance. Um, so that they can hold on to what they're doing. There's a lot to hold on to. Well, you don't want to go up and blow blow up the Death Star, right? I, I mean, mean, some people wanted to. Yeah, no, I'm saying I Luke. Mean, Luke clearly yeah. wanted to do that. That's my third Star Wars reference for whatever reason. But yeah. um, that so they're gonna want to they're gonna want to continue to have this association together. So they're gonna try to try to work something out as this thing evolves. Brad, thank you for your time, brother. Man, it's an honor. Thank you. I've been trying to find a way to get Brett on the show, and I'm like, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. Huge fan of that guy. We won't find many people better than him on the planet. Just as a, a human being. And I mean that. I absolutely mean that. All right. He also joined us at Chicken Parm Night. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Big fan of the, the Smith family. All right. That does it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. We're on TikTok. I don't post very often there, but we're on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. If you care what I have to say, we'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.